we are live. Welcome to the first episode of Chuck Daddy After Hours with my uh, guest and friend here, Sean Zim of The Connection Machine, a.k.a. The Insurance Doctor. But we're going to go a little bit deeper than that. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing awesome, Chuck. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of fun. We've known each other for a while. We've been doing, we used to do events together, meet, we meet ups. I haven't been over to anything recently because of COVID, but these things have been phenomenal as far as collaborating with others and, and just providing value for people out there, you know? Yeah, no, everything else has been an absolute train wreck. It's like you start getting stuff together and then COVID hits again. I just got over it myself. Did you get it yet? I haven't. I've been really careful with, I have an immune compromised daughter who had a liver transplant. So we kind of keep her in a bubble. My other one, I have a younger one that they both were in daycare and there was some kind of, uh, exposure from a teacher the other day so we had to get them both tested we all got tested the other day and the uh livy's came back invalid because she actually hit the the thing out of her nose so they did another one and they lost it so we actually did it all again today and um i mean my father had covid and almost fucking died man it was incredible yeah um, my mother as well both of them got it my dad actually was the worst out of the both of them and uh Scary time. Scary time. No, I remember you telling me that. I remember your Facebook post. He got off the vent. You got an immunocompromised daughter. I have one of those two years had a liver transplant. So, I mean, let's just get right into it. Forget about all the business stuff. You got an interesting story, Sean. Take me back. Where, where does it start? Go back as far as you want. I mean, man, I go back. Well, in high school, I was into baseball. That was my sport, man. I used to... Uh, train used to really be focused in that was my goal was to become a professional baseball player and went to college my goal was to go and play in college and i was i was doing that and that's all i was doing i wasn't focused on school when you're in school you have to make sure you are taking care of your grades and getting things done and i was just focused on baseball and having a good time and that led to me leaving school having to redirect, figure out what the hell I wanted to do because it wasn't going to be baseball now. Where did so, you uh, Where did you go to college? I went down to Greensboro College down in North Carolina. I know exactly where that is. I actually used to date a girl from Greensboro. It was a great, great area. I was down there for about a year and um, had student loans for one year of a lot of fun and just had to give that up. Had to redirect and figure out what I really wanted to do. I went to uh, County College of Morris, and then I went to William Patterson, where I ended up graduating with a degree with Phys Ed, Health, and Driver's Ed, and actually in 2000. And uh, from there, was teaching, coaching football, coaching baseball, and got into the mortgage business back in 2002. Wow, I was good. actually... Hmm? The good old days. Oh, man. it was You, you didn't have to be licensed back then. Uh, today it's a whole different ball game, but you just no, have a solicitor's license. That's all you had to have. I worked out of a countrywide office when I was buying and selling houses, and I'd bring my my buyers in, and it was like if they if they could fog a mirror on a Monday, yeah, on a Friday, and it, they actually they gave me an office that I could work out of just based off the business that I brought in from repeatedly selling houses. I was like putting up numbers that were crushing realtors. And then when they needed to hire more people at lunch, they'd run into a Starbucks and be like, anybody want a job? They hire more. It was the craziest shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, they had those programs and the, the Nina's no income, no asset. You just had to have a pulse and you would uh, get a loan back then. And uh, I was coaching. I remember I was coaching football and I was making like 3,500 bucks for the season. Yeah. And a, a buddy of mine was like, you got to look into doing some loans. I'm like, all right, you, you can make that in one loan. I'm like, what? So started doing some loans in 2002. And yeah, you, you're. I was doing a couple loans a month and teaching. And it was a good time. Did that for a number of years. Got out of it in 2005 or six. Moved to South Jersey. Got divorced. Came back up. And so, you then, were, uh, so you were married before? Yep. Yep. How long were you married before? I was married six years. Okay. So, and um, have my other, I have, my, I have an older daughter, Madison, who's 15, going to be 15. Well, I just turned 15. And uh, 
in December 8th. And it's been a, a struggle recently, you know, seeing her with COVID, with custody issues, but it's something that we're dealing with. Yeah, I get it. I, uh, I got a very similar thing going on. I got I got two with my first one where uh, let's just say there's custody issues. It's been a struggle seeing him recently. That's that's honestly that's that's the only way mentally we can deal with it. Mm -hmm. It's something that I was it gets you upset when you're you know as you're going through it. And a lot of people, if they're watching, it, it happens. It takes it takes a toll on you, but you actually work through it. And now it's going to now it's to the point now I'm trying to have her figure it out on her own. You know, she's 15 next couple of years. I think she'll start putting two and two together and maybe start coming around more often. But it's something that I'm going to leave it in her in her hands and see if what she will actually end up doing. And um, yeah, I, I get it. What do you think she's going to do? You think she's going to want to come spend some more time with you? You know, I, I thought so. We were supposed to see her more in the next uh, day after Christmas recently. And it's now she's at that stage with friends that she wants to spend more time with friends as well. So instead of having her from the 26th to the 30th, we're going to have probably the 26th to the 28th. So it's like a weekend. <laughs> right. And it's something that I honestly wish it was longer. I, I feel that you know, not seeing her as often in the last two years. We saw her recently, uh, three weeks ago for the first time in over two years. And it was a fun, it was a great time, great experience. She met her sisters. And I think, and I thought meeting her sisters, she would want to be around more often. It would be like the phone call, like, dad, I want to be here every weekend. And two weekends went by and it, it wasn't like that. And but also we were had some you know colds coming through or getting sick and the hand foot and mouth and all that good stuff so she probably wouldn't have end up coming anyway but it's something that i thought might have triggered a little bit of like hey i have i want to come more but it hasn't yet and i'm just going to wait and see how it kind of transpires for her yeah it kind of feels like uh I mean, there's an underlying sadness, but it makes you a little bit stronger just having to deal with it, too. Right. You know, to go through it, it's, it's a tough thing. You know, you think you you, know, you, have a, you have a kid with somebody, you're going to be able to co-parent. And they talk about that in court, co-parenting. And co-parenting is it has to be a two-way street. It can't be a one-way street. And if one person's willing to work and the other is not, then you have some kind of issues that go along with it. Yeah, I mean, my, my parents were separated growing up, and uh, I saw I saw my mom and my dad, like, all the time. Um, I mean, honestly, we lived in my dad's house my, with my mom. He was never really there. He kind of came and went as he pleased. He just announced himself, and, like, I don't know. It was a pretty decent situation. I got no, uh, no major complaints about it. I think it was honestly better than most people's parenting situations that I've seen nowadays. I and mean, the situation with my ex, like I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm almost kind of jealous of how peaceful your situation is. It actually, it actually is. It has been, I haven't been communicating with her. So it has been a little bit better. Uh, when I was in the past, this is going on over i got i got divorced in 2018 uh excuse me 2018 2008 so first five six years it was just horrendous and now it's been recently less it's been hands off more not texting as often with her her mother more communication with with madison via text or facetime so mm. it kind of has been allowing me to have more time to you know let her figure things out somewhat you know it's i wish she was able to come around more so she can see what kind of father i am on a consistent basis because she's doesn't have that it's yeah. just it's just a mother that you're around and i believe everyone sh should have a father around and if a father wants to be around you would think that would be a, a positive thing that the mother would allow it more often and kind of advocate for you. Yeah, some of them just like to fight, you know. Yeah. And, uh, 
I mean, it seems like they seem to ease up a little bit when they get a boyfriend or whatever, and they start to view you as free babysitting. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how was your situation growing up as a kid? Were you, your parents were together the whole time, I'm assuming. Yep. Both parents still together. Um, almost, probably almost uh, 45, I think 45, 50 years. So I had a good example to follow. I mean, and, everyone, everyone be like, what's the fucking secret? Yeah. I, you know, I talk to them. We have conversations and it's odd. Like myself, my brother, we both got divorced and I never thought I would get divorced. I never thought, you know, that would happen. And I never uh, thought I would get married, but I'm on my second wife. <laughs> I think I got it right this time. No, uh, honestly, I think, yes. I think sometimes you have to learn and it sucks, you know, learning having experiences, you know what you are looking for. And I think my case, I definitely know what I've, I've found and I cherish. And I think like, and I see what you're doing. You know, you guys, you know, you're a loving couple. Yeah, you have some crazy stuff you talk about in videos and people don't see another side of you. But you and Diana, I definitely think <laughs> you have, uh, you know, you made the, a, a good choice, you know, that's, yeah, I mean, look, she's happy, I'm happy, I may have some different views, and I just don't want to have to hide in the fucking closet like a homosexual in the 80s because I see things a little differently in my eyes, right? But whatever, you know, it's, this is more about you. So you're married now again, right? Yes, yep. So when did that happen? We got um, married in... <clears throat> we got 2015, this is six years we just hit. Uh, it's been an awesome experience. We've been through a lot together. I've, with my daughter having a liver transplant, May 10th of 2019 was, uh, you know, an experience that I wish nobody would go through. And after the surgery that she had, the Tell surgeon came to it. Like, just how, how did it build up? to that where she needed a liver transplant. Like. Man, she was born and everyone looks at their child and you're in the hospital and you, you you have all these tests done for your little one, your newborns, and everything was fine. Everything got checked out. About eight, nine weeks later, we're at my parents' house and she is sitting next to my, my brother, my brother's son and my sister's uh, son. And I can't find what the color she was, uh, I mean, she was, it doesn't even come through on this that well. It's like a yellow. It's a yellow. It's, it's, a, a, it's a crazy yellow. And we were like, holy shit, this is not, this is not normal. This is, you know, jaundice. And we went to the hospital because right away we we're like, we got to figure something out. We, we didn't know about all this biliary atresia and liver issues that can come up and we we went to the hospital we were there for a couple three days it was a long weekend we were there they were trying to figure out what was going to happen they were going to do a it's called a kasai procedure which my i was talking to my uncle and my uncle's like look sean get out of that hospital go to new york presbyterian in new york city go see the best doctors you can possibly have yeah like that that's a good yellow and have those doctors take a look at her. So we had all the, all the tests you can possibly have and had a Kasai procedure. What is that? No, had a, had a liver biopsy, had a Kasai. She had all these tests with nuclear. I mean, it was she was a baby, like little, little thing. And she was smaller than other kids because she wasn't developing properly because of her liver. And going through it, we had to make sure that we checked every box to make sure everything was checked out and got all the procedures done, had to go on. She had to go on a feeding feeding tube because she wasn't getting nutrients. Yeah, I, uh, I know what that's like. My daughter almost needed one of them. It's it's not some people have it. Well, she had one that went down her down her nose into her stomach some people it's a an ng yeah. tube or something that goes into from the side 
And once they and, get them on, it's hard to get them off. Yeah. Yep. And some machine you have to turn on. And one horrible thing is they don't know when they're filled up with food, with formula. So they throw up. Yeah. And that was the night, the, the ritual that every night we would have a throw up. It was like about four weeks, I think we went through every night. It was a couple times a night. And we're like, damn. And we just got closer and closer. We got on the liver transplant um, list. We are getting recommended higher and higher. The week before she actually had it, we went in. We um, was getting everything checked out. She was all ready to go. And as they're double checking the liver, the liver was one inch too big. So after about 14 hours of night eating and trying to pacify her, they said, you have to go home. It's not going to, we're not going to be able to do this one. They couldn't just cut it down a little bit. They were going to try. They're like, but they said, you know what? This is not it. And this is not meant to be. So we said, all right. So we left the, we left our luggage in because they told us we'd be in the hospital between eight and 10 days. Mm. So we kept all the luggage in the car. We said, all right, we'll come, we went home, spent a couple days at home, same ritual, you know, with the feeding tube. On a Friday, it was Thursday or Friday night. I was in the kitchen, I think doing some dishes. My wife was just turned her back for a couple seconds and she heard like a uh, uh. Natalie pulled her feeding tube out of her nose. Crazy. And I'm like, oh shit. And that's a serious thing. You have to get it back in so they can eat because she wasn't taking anything from, from the bottle. No, it's a procedure. Yeah. So we had to go to, we went to Hackensack. And they couldn't, they didn't have the right tube to put in her nose. And they, they were trying, they put it down into her nose. She was crying, she was making some weird noises. And I've heard it, how they've installed them before, and it wasn't right. And I said, you know what? No, just take it out. And my wife was a little, she was mad at the time. But I said, listen, I heard, I know how it's supposed to go in. It's not going in properly. This is not going to be a good night. Let's just, this, we'll go to the hospital in New York City the next day. So we leave, we're walking out, going to the car, and the phone the phone rings. Our mic, the, the doctor calls me, the liver doctor. And she's like, Sean, where are you? I'm like, oh, we, I just told you we were trying to get this feeding tube back in, and it's not happening. We're going to have to come see you tomorrow. And all of a sudden, she hung up the phone. So we're in the car, in the garage, get the car, we're driving. Probably five or ten minutes later, she calls back, I'm so, so sorry. That I had to hang up on you. It was actually a liver donor that just came in. Perfect match for Matt, uh, Natalie. You need to come in three o'clock in the morning. We're like, right, no problem. It was midnight around. We were, it was midnight. I think we were leaving the hospital. It was midnight. So we stayed up. We tried to, you know, keep Natalie, you know, comfortable. She was trying to nurse on something. Went to the hospital the next day, and it was a twelve-hour procedure scary procedure but we you know have some family we have a good like village that we kind of you know look to and my in-laws my mother my parents um and she had 15 medicines we always talk about she had 15 medicines giving a little child four months old in the morning and then at night and it took about and they're all liquid took about a half hour or so you have to do like five at a time hang out wait do another five in her mouth or through the feet in her mouth it was you know through her mouth she didn't come home with a feeding tube which was great she had a a bottle we were in the hospital for about 10 days and um and then as the process happened you know we were going through the process she was getting weaned off medicines so she went from 15 down to like 10 down to five Mm. and it was like an awesome journey and I documented it. And people are like, why would you do that? Why would you put yourself out there? I said, people go through stuff. And some people don't want to talk about it. But I know people go through things that should be spoken about. Mental health is a you know, a huge thing today. And I, mean, I feel like you, just, you almost look like you're kind of getting something off your chest by talking about this. And I, I've been curious. Yeah. A lot. So, yeah, I'm glad we get to have this conversation. Thank you. Feel no, I, this is something that... I've had conversations before and it's something that I think people need to hear about because 
people say, well, how did you continue doing things for business to continue marketing yourself? Because it allowed me to show that I'm a human being, that everyone goes through things. You can't just like stop. You know, you still have people that depend on you. It's not something you just, oh, woe is me, my kid's sick. Someone's gonna pay for my my bills. No, bills still come at, come in no matter what. You gotta still figure out how to make things happen. And it allowed you, in my case, it allowed me to. It was my out. It was my thing that I was able to get away from something for a few minutes when I was on a, a live or if I was on a conversation. It was something that allowed me to get through it. It was my it was my counselor. It was my therapist to share it with other people yeah business is almost like therapy talking to people is is therapy that's believe me I, I get how it can be something that you need to express so so as a guy dealing with this shit, like i, I believe me I, I know what you're talking about i mean i was with my daughter in the hospital i closed a couple of deals in in the hospital room we have insurance people coming in all kinds of crazy shit. but was there a point where you just was like you had to break down at some point. Like oh, I, yeah, yeah. My daughter, like, I mean, I did 90 days in the hospital with her, right? And, like, from the time she was born till then, like, I, I know something was wrong, and I, I didn't shed, like, a tear, right? Until, like, the spring of her first year, and they let us go. We're in Hackensack in the Children's Cancer Hospital. She didn't have cancer. We were on that floor. They took you out into that garden, like, on the roof, like the Sanzari's, like, Memorial Garden. Yep. And like the kids are out there playing and there's that big telephone pole with like all the names written on it. I, I didn't realize how serious it was, you know, and I gave me the marker and I wrote my, my daughter's name on it and my name with the date. Right. And, and I'm like a fucking idiot. Right. Cause I'm looking at some of them have like end dates. Right. I'm like, Oh, kids get better and go home too. This is great. And I remember this guy came out and like, found this kid's name in flowers and just like put the flowers down and started bawling. I, I just like lost my shit. Yep. Yep. Like the, rea- the reality of like, like, like any nurse is like, just hold my kid for a minute. Like, I just need a second. And I was like, holy fuck. Like I went like, I don't know how many months without even realizing how serious this was. I was just in the zone. Like, like when did it hit you? Like, this is fucking, this is that real. Like I could lose my kid here. Yeah. I mean, when we were going through it, Seeing her when she came out of surgery, up until exactly what you were saying, like I was kind of putting on that game face Mm -hmm. for my for my wife, who is more emotional than I am. Well, that's obvious. But and by the way, let me just say, you you got a great game face, like because from your your videos and shit that I saw while this is going on, I didn't pick up on a lot of it. Right, and it's something that I one of us I thought had to be more that had the game face on. But when we have all these doctors and um, the surgeon coming out and saying how the liver was hard as a rock and that this that it was great that we the timing of this surgery was so important because we were probably days away from losing her. Wow. And then coming into seeing her after the 12 hours, not seeing her, seeing her, kissing her, having her go off, asking the doctor, I hope you slept well. You know, you had a good night's rest because I know it's going to be a long procedure. How do you feel? And he's like, I feel great. I'm going to do fantastic. And we were lucky to have Dr. Cato, who is a world-renowned surgeon for transplants, mm-hmm. and came out, saw her intubated, tube down her throat. And in the PICU, the pediatric intensive care unit, I believe those nurses are like freaking, they're angels. They are amazing women and and men that take care of children. And seeing her with a tube down her throat, and a couple of times you have all the, I mean, she had 15 probably TVs almost, monitors and things like that, all different things, all tubes coming in and out of her that she was her heart rate dipped and they you know you talk about watching these movies and and videos and they're bagging people there and this nurse megan comes in because she was kind of like borderline flatlining calm as can be is this in hackensack this is in new york presbyterian okay in the city 
and she puts the bag on, starts just pumping, and she's calm. A couple whispers like, "You'll be okay. You'll be okay." Like calming Natalie. Boom. It's it's back to beeping the normal way, and it happened about three times, and it was scary. And yeah, I broke down with the wife, and she's we we work well together because we communicate. That's a com- communications key. And I think I think that's a big problem, a big issue that people have in relationships and in in loving relationships and business relationships. They don't have communication. If you lack communication, you're going to have some problems. Yeah. And missing that is a huge thing. So we communicate all the time, talk about what's going on, and bounce ideas off each other, and we're there for each other. And it's something that. It happens from time to time, and you know, certain songs will come on and get you, me emotional. Uh, and my my daughter's one year anniversary, um, we had a her birthday party, and also, you know, a liver anniversary kind of thing. Um, I broke down during a little speech I was giving through her birthday birthday party because it really is something that you go through, and you wish nobody has to go through. And you think we had a normal kid. Why, how did this happen? How did, why did we go have to go through this? And we actually had to go through something similar, not a transplant, but she had to reroute her bill, uh, excuse me, her portal vein. Yeah, okay, I saw this on Facebook a couple months ago, and that was a scary, you know, we have a, a thriving, healthy, we call, I call her knucklehead, knucklehead number one. I have knucklehead number one, knuckle, knucklehead, knucklehead number two, and she's amazing little thing little we call her you know uh, a, a warrior princess and i'm like oh my god i have to put her under and she had to be under they thought between four to five hours and end up being seven wow and we were a little a little scared for that whole process and and her coming out of it and again we were prepared to be in the hospital between eight and ten days and we were out in three that's how amazing she is with healing and everything else um mind-boggling doctors are like you're going home there's nothing else you need to be here for and yeah it sounds like you might have like reproduced with wolverine a little bit there <laughs> she she it's amazing to me we had a COVID test today and she was screaming and it's not it's an unco- uncomfortable thing you know to shove something up your nose yeah. and for kids it's one thing for adults it's another but she was i'm like listen nat you have a scar from one side of your body to the other that you were open and you're complaining about something going up your nose and she doesn't get it but it's just amazing to me and i feel bad for our youngest because when she falls and scrapes her knees I, i'm sure natalie be like you know what get up that doesn't freaking hurt you can just get up yeah because of what she's gone through you know, it's it's something that we look at her every day, and you watch, you look at your kids. You have one coming. Do you are you having a, a, a son or a daughter? You know yet, or you know we're we're not finding out. That's cool. That's what we yeah, did. Doing enough ultrasounds and three D ultrasounds, so it's either going to be a boy or it's a Democrat. Because either way, it's got a dick. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of jealous. Like the kid's been sending dick pics since day one. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't yeah. know yet so yeah no it's it's just something that you know it changes having kids changes you and Definitely. for the better because now you have something else you're you're living for it's not you anymore it's your kids your family your legacy and it, it's your why a lot of people you know you talk to a 20 year old that doesn't have any kids they're just looking to get some ass and make some money and spend money and that's it wake up hung over not knowing what's going on and try to do the same thing the next day but when you come a father you have to you know i'm i'm a more, I'm more an active dad you know i help changing diapers getting up in the middle of the night sleeping on the couch with her yeah you actually remind me of the the kind of dad i was i guess before i was like fucking separate custody shit and everything going on and 
it is what it is. I mean, I think nothing's probably brought me more joy, happiness, or pain. So it is. Uh, I'm the, sure you'll do the same the thing. Fire of all that shit. <laughs> but it's something that, and I also find it's only a short period of time that your kids are going to be young. So a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to take time. I need to work. I took I took uh, my paternity leave. I was off for about when I have six or eight week eight weeks. I took and I was with both girls. It was a great time, great experience. So we we're able to have with COVID and everything. Natalie didn't even have to go to daycare for you know until she was about two years old. So we got a good a long long time together. Um, and and Livy just started doing daycare. Just uh, what in September, August, yeah. almost nine months old. We were able to, you know, have a lot of time with her, and I enjoy it. You know, like if I'm not working, I'm I'm having a good time with them. I'm uh, enjoying family time. We always say the weekends are family time. It's something that I do. I work. Yeah, I like to work. I enjoy work. I like to do things, but I also like to spend it with people that I love. You know, and, and use that time and actually be there. A lot of people might be there, but not mentally there because they're always on their phone. I don't want to be that dad. You know, the no, phone's to be completely present. I mean, John, I, I, took right. four, I took four years off to raise my kids. And I, like, I get it. And in that time, I also did not have social media. It was all down. It was just the kids around the clock. And now gone from that back to this. And it's like. It's, a it's going to be a culture shock for you. It's going to be different, but you'll get everyone gets through it. You know, you get yeah. through it. I agree. Social media is, you know, for some people is it's crack. I mean, they they wake up, and I know that. That's why I utilize it for my businesses because everyone goes on social media, no matter what it is. Because yeah, the more you show up, it's like, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Before you know it, you start getting business off of it. It's, but no one wants to do that. Everyone's afraid. I need to lose weight. I need to look better. I need to sound better. I need to get lighting. I need a microphone. No, you don't. You just need your, every single person has an iPhone today. This phone is like probably one of the top notch phones, uh, cameras you could ever get. But pressing record is a difficult thing for people. Next Thursday, I was going to say, sorry, Wednesday. I was going to say it's the second, but it's actually the third house that I will have bought funded off stupid dating videos on TikTok. Not because people are paying me for them, but because people reach out and go, I want to do what you do. So it's kind of interesting. No, it's. We keep doing it. When you keep, when you start doing things that it's not the norm or against the grain, you know, a lot of people, and no matter what business you're in, you're doing things that others aren't going to do. You're in uncharted world, you know, uncharted. If you're into fishing, you love fishing. You find areas that nobody's been and you find this is where all the fish are. Yeah, you're I not going to tell fun. anyone. You're going to keep doing it. not traveling, but if I can go there and catch a fish, that's great. I mean, my ex wanted me to take her to Paris. Her birthday was one day before mine. It's like, what do you want to do? So I found a guy. We, we never went. We separated before, but I found a guide like on the fucking Seine River where you catch these gigantic wells, catfish, like right at the foot of the fucking Eiffel Tower, and they come up and eat pigeons. And she's like, really? That's what you want to do in Paris? I don't give a fuck about architecture and culture. Like, hey, I got to do that shit for business. I'm going to go see some wilderness. And, like, yep, yep. Them. Enjoying oh. and traveling is is a, a great thing to do. And yeah, you have to have some downtime. We haven't been able to travel in a while. Um because of COVID and we're hoping things start opening up. Kids will do that too. I mean, my wife and I traveled a lot during COVID because nobody was doing it. Right. I mean, if you have, would, would we have traveled without kids? Sure. You know, I have friends, Matthew Victoria um, was traveling was a lot. Crazy, man. Constantly. And you can get a lot of great deals, but with the situation we're in, we just didn't want to take a chance um, because having an immune compromised kid, it's like, you don't want them. I don't want them going through things and, and struggling and having difficulty breathing and all that. She coughs. We're like, holy shit, does she have COVID? That's pretty, pretty messed up that we have to live this way. But, um, not seeing our, my parents, not seeing my in-laws because of this, 
you know, it's, it sucks, but we're making sure that she's safe. And if she's safe, we're all going to be safe because we want everyone to be out of the hospital. That's the goal, not being in the hospital anymore. And we have to go there on Monday for an ultrasound just to make sure everything's flowing the way it's supposed to be flowing, which the last time we left the hospital, she's, it was amazing. The doctor said it was working out perfect. Um, if it does and everything checks out, she could be off her. She has Lovenox. She has to have the blood thinners. I've, uh, I've actually had that when I was bedridden. I remember that shit, the blood thinners. Oh, and she has it in her legs. Yeah. She has to take them. Um, it's the left leg in the morning and then right leg at night. Bruised legs. It sucks to see. She hates it. She actually is to the point now that actually takes the alcohol swab and will clean the spot before she gets the needle. Yeah. Um, you know, watching her getting blood drawn, she can sit there and watch, tell you which arm to take the blood from. Yeah. But it's mother was doing that at like two and three. It was crazy. Yeah. I remember we had to do like human growth hormone, hormone injections and check her blood sugar every night. And it got to the point of where like when she would get tired and want to go to bed, she'd grab your hand and be like, ouch time. You know, and then she just associated that with bed. And it's uh, it's pretty fucking wild what they can get used to. Oh, yeah. You know and I mean? she's I've been looking at my daughter and been like, wow, like, I got nothing to fucking complain about. Like, this kid's wild. That, that's another thing. You look at her and, you know, the routines they go through and the, the struggle they go through. And then we have days that you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, wait a minute. Then you look about what they've done. It's like, I have to. Like, they've put themselves, I've seen her in her complete low. I've seen her in so much pain, but to get through it. And now I have like a freaking Band-Aid on my finger because I have a goddamn hangnail that cut. So it, it hurts like a mother, but I can't complain because she has a scar from side to side. Suck it up. It's Sean. incredible. You got, you got to be okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it's crazy to me how this, I've asked for people to have, I have, I, I do probably, this year I have about 50, 55 guests I've had on my show. Last year I had over about 105. I slowed down a little bit this year with the girls mm. because of COVID last year. I was doing like two a day. It was like crazy. But now it's, it's something that I just like providing value. But this, having conversations, people listening, learning, I, they, they will. There's golden nuggets in all conversations, but we're not scripted. That's what a lot of people, I need to be scripted. I need to know what we're going to talk about. Well, then the authenticity is not going to come out when you're having the conversation. I had a conversation with Roman Belandon. We had a live this, this afternoon. He is has a team that does $100 million in real estate. Talk, and he's very well spoken, had a great conversation. He wants to do it consistently every other week. Uh, what, what, yeah, as far as if the time works, mm -hmm. he's looking for consistency, but it's not all agents want to do that, or no, not a lot of um, small business owners don't want to do it. But I'm like, this is the untapped market that you can be doing, and it doesn't cost anything. Everyone's saying, I, I have no money. You can start doing this. And this gets me all my insurance business, having conversations every single day. You would be amazed at what people reach out to me with from just stupid videos that I put out every day. People make fun of them. People, are, I, I just don't care. And it's very polarizing. People love me. People hate me. I'll do business with the ones that like me. And I think it was Churchill who said, good, you have enemies. You stood up for something. Hey, you. you put you put yourself out there as much as possible, as consistent as possible. People are going to keep you're buying brain cells. You're basically training your community, and they're seeing you. So when they see you, they're like, "Damn, I need to know what the hell Chuck does, or I need to know what Sean does because I you, see you yeah. every single day." I'm actually acquiring real estate in people's brains, little by little. And be a monopoly. So, so here's my question, Sean, because I think we're going into it anyway. Where, where's all this going? What's the big picture? What's the future? Hey, differently, and I found it pretty inspirational. So, I'm looking to 
get more, I, I always talk about, I want to develop other connection machines and it could be, it doesn't have to be insurance. It could be anything, but I want to develop. And I have a little mentoring course. I've trained about seven people on uh, probably of the seven, probably five of them were real estate agents because I found that real estate agents don't learn anything in school. They learn how to pass the test and then they realize they have to learn how to market themselves to develop business. So that's what I've basically figured out how to provide value to agents. And I want to develop other connection machines out there by sharing all the knowledge I've developed and used. And the, the top of it is I'm a full-time phys physical educator, health teacher, driver's ed teacher. What do you teach? I teach in Patterson at Patterson charter for science and technology. Cool. And I, I've been there for 15 years, been teaching for 20. And I've been doing it. I've been, and people say, why don't you just quit and do what you do full time? But I love teaching. One, I wear shorts, sneakers, t shirts, hoodies now because, you know, winter time. Oh. But, and I talk about sports and driving during my day, my off time, my prep periods. I'm able to have conversations with people email, text, do video collaborations, and continue to build business. And I do it consistently. But I want to develop others that will basically, I keep doing what I'm doing, but they're going to be, I'm the insurance doctor. I want to have my nurses and everything else. I have a team now, but I want to grow the team. That's the goal, is to have others that I can be more of, just more of the face and get away from, taking all of the apps, taking all the quote information, things like that, I would have my assistants do that. Okay. So do you have any others now? Any other? Like, is there anybody else underneath you or just you? I have, I work with Tom Maiello from uh, Maiello and Manzi's uh, insurance brokerage. And in that office, we have two other girls that help with our quoting. So I am, bringing business in the team quotes it for me and then we i i basically present it to the client and then we the team sends out that basically the paperwork piece i know i'm i really i'm relieved of which is good okay so that allows more time on my end as far as business development which i love to do so then you want to have other salesmen underneath you I'm just yeah look. yep so you guys what's the tangible goal here like one one underneath you by the end of the year Probably one that would be nice by the end of this year. It would be difficult, but we'll see what happens. But uh, in the near future, yeah, that's that would be something to develop. And then I like to build other you know businesses. I have my you're into working out. You've done your your um, training in your past. I'm also building a little business on the side as well with that as far as coaching people because some people don't want to go to or they go to the gym and they, they go and they sit on the treadmill for a half hour, 45 minutes. And what is that? Instead of using and knowing what to do as far as developing your body. A lot of people go to and use machines. They have no idea what they're using. They're wasting an hour, hour and a half, two hours in the gym. And you, I want to get a workout in about a half hour, 45 minutes. You get your workouts in pretty, I'm sure they're pretty, you know, focused you were doing stuff with question and answers and things like that. And you were still getting work out in. It's oh, yeah, something it's that I like getting it in, getting it done and then getting back to life. But I'm also focused on my health because I know what I've seen my father go through, my mother go through. I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure, you know, as I get older, I don't want to be that grandfather who can't do anything. My back hurts. I want to be like, holy shit, that's your grandfather. He can still run. He can still play. He can still do things, play golf, not have a bad back. He's still active. That's when I, I want to be that example, you know, continue to be the example of the dad. Like, damn, that's that's my dad right there. You so, know, that's, so how old are you, Sean? I'm 45. 45 and feeling younger than I've felt in the last 10 years. You know, it's been a nice journey I've been on last year and a half. 
And do I focus mainly on nutrition? I'm not like a crazy measuring stuff. I always, I'm always talking about eating in moderation. I'm not having tons of snacks. I'm not eating, you know, huge amounts of sweets and cakes and things like that. I just taking care of myself, making sure that I'm improving every single day, getting stronger and keeping myself as fit as I can on a consistent basis. Okay. You're doing anything different outside of the norm or just it's I'm doing different types of workouts. Um, I've done, it's called a 10 rounds. It's a boxing one. People say, how do you, how are you going to get a workout doing shadow boxing? And this is, it's a six week program, six week program. Shadow boxing teaches you all the um, punches. You also have some weight. You also have core and it actually gets you into shape. And people say, how can that be? And it was something different. I never thought it would be, you know, interesting. I never thought it would work. And it actually does work. And you don't have to just lift weights. You can gain and, and get yourself into a great shape by doing some shadow boxing if it's st structured. And it has, you know, if you follow a plan, if you have a trainer that you have, I always talk about with pressing play. And you have this group of people you're following, they're training you, you're all doing things together and it works out pretty good. Cool. And I try different things. I done the boxing, there's yoga. I did some yoga today. Never thought like yoga, like a, a guy. It's phenomenal as far as flexibility, your balance. I'm yoga. my balance is like all jacked. Like I have to work on my balance. Yoga, I was like, damn. Yoga can be fun. You ever yeah. take, you ever take one of those Bikram yoga classes? No. You know what that is? No. Oh my god, it's like yoga, but they crank the heat up to like 110 degrees, right? And my trainer used to send me when I was getting like ready for these competitions when you're like a month out. So you're you're basically shredded. You're you're like bodybuilder shape, six pack abs, and it's you and 32 other chicks all in your underwear in this hot fucking room doing bikini like yoga fucking poses. And afterwards they're like, "Oh, can I take a picture with you?" It's just <laughs> It's an excuse to get away. It's a lot of fun. First, you got to get in ridiculous shape, then go. It's like, yeah, you're like in a sauna. I've heard yeah, of that. I have pictures of it on my Facebook. And like just, it's like you're in a sauna doing stretching. It's incredible. Yeah. I've seen some yoga with some kind of goats, too. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like these things that jump on you? I've heard of that. I don't, it's never that. experienced it, but I've seen it. Um, but I, those are things I try. You know, like there's yoga, there's... Um, it's MMA stuff. A, a good my, one of my best friends is a um, um, jujitsu instructor. Um, he has an academy in Warwick, New York, and I always busted him. He's always into wrestling, rolling around, wearing those singlets, and I'm like, wait, you roll around with another man and you're sweaty? It's not really something I want to be doing. But then he has this academy. It's doing fantastic in Warwick, and. They have a hundred plus people in these rooms doing all this training. And after the, the workout they do, the whole floor is filled with sweat. And then you have guys sliding through it or girls sliding through it. And I'm like, what the what is going on here? But it's he's created a culture there that they're phenomenal like into mixed mar martial arts. And I have a different respect for them as well because of the movements they have to continuously you know perfect to make it happen. So have you actually gone out there and like tried it? I haven't. I haven't been to any of his his classes. Um, I haven't had the opportunity, but it's something that maybe in the future. But it, I've done a couple that at home. Yeah, but it's it's something that uh, it's interesting. Very interesting. It it gets addictive. So train for a couple of years where it was like it was on my bucket list. Like just just have at least like one cage fight. You know, just to say you did. And I, I was at a point where it was like I was training to climb a mountain and training for a cage fight at the same time. And I already paid to climb the mountain. That's fucking expensive as shit. So it's like I'm going to walk away from the cage fight to just focus on this. But holy shit, like, I mean, you're constantly injured. Yeah. You're, you're always training rounds. You are never 100%. That's true. That's a lot of, yeah. a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, you're nursing things. And then... 
if you're going against an opponent, they know if you're favoring something, you're gonna, they're going to go for that injury too. It's going to get worse. Like, it's such a friggin' mind fuck because I come from like this pretty extensive wrestling background. It's like, great, I could put these guys down and put them on their back, but I can't submit anybody. And then they wind up choking me out and I'm on the fucking top. I don't get it. <laughs> you start learning real quick. But it, it was a lot of fun, bro. Definitely, I enjoyed it when I did it. And now it's like, I kind of still want to do it, but I also like walking. Yeah, it's, I'm not into, I like to just get my workouts done and over with. I, I want to golf more, you know, for the future. That's, I used to golf. I used to caddy when I was younger too. Um, the timing at the moment with the girls to get away four or five hours. I don't want to, I, I feel I want to be around them now still. So it's something that, in the future, I want to I want to have more opportunities to play golf and perfect my swing. You know, get into that more as well. So that'll allow that in the near future as well. And we're going to get some people in here to ask you to go golfing. I'm down. I'm definitely, it's a it's a good. I think it's fantastic. I got my ex-wife, my first ex-wife, golf lessons when we were together because I used to get invited to go golfing so much and like. I suck, and I'm not really a big fan of it. So I, I just told her, I was like, we're going to get you lessons. You learn how to golf. I'll say yes, and then you just show up and be like, yeah, he couldn't make it. I'm his proxy. <laughs> and it just fucking won't work for me. So. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I know you can utilize it for networking purposes. You know, you have four, three other people you can be out with and talking and getting to know and you're active you're outside it's it's a fun experience some people are drinking while they're playing etc but you can some people if you can't hit, hit it straight i don't think drinking is going to help you no. uh, it's only going to make it worse <laughs> and uh but it's it's whatever i think everyone should have some kind of hobbies so that they can get away from work per se they can have their own thing it's not you doing it with somebody else, something you like to excel at. And right now I'm really focused on working out. It's my time away and I'm able to keep myself in shape, continuously be healthy and be that example for my girls. That's the, uh, the backstory on that. Yeah. I just don't feel normal without it. So we're gonna... yeah, no, what were we going to say, Sean? No, you definitely get addicted to, to working out like if you don't work out you're like well you should always take a day off i always say you have to take you should take one at least one day off but then even that day i'm like i gotta do something i gotta do some kind of movement like the other what last sunday i had off so i i was out doing yard work i was doing stuff in the garage still doing movement still doing a workout but it wasn't classified as a workout but it's you know i love doing it and once you start getting into it and it becomes a habit that's when you know, you know, you're doing something right. It's better than, you know, anything else that you can be doing, I think, out there. So it's 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 good mind, mind thing as well for your mental health. Definitely. It's definitely a good habit to get into, and it just seems like it makes everything else in your life fall into place. Yep. Yep. So next question, Sean. What's the biggest challenge you're facing right now? Challenge? Hmm. I think having what i'm looking for is more action takers finding yeah. them more consistent if i can find others that are like me and i haven't found them right recently yet but i want to find those action takers i want to take business to the next level i have opportunities that you can do things online i have if you want to get involved in insurance but finding those action takers are difficult it's a challenge right now Everyone, I think going through COVID, everyone feels more entitled. They think they can get paid for doing nothing. And I want people to understand that to be successful, you have to do some kind of work. You know, it's That's manual labor. My, I, I, my job was to get paid for doing nothing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden COVID hit, you know, like, no, you don't have to pay your rent anymore. That It's just a, everyone's just stopped doing things. It's like. And it trickled down to everyone, everything, yeah. you know, like even, even when you are an investor, you still have things you got to get done. 
or you have other people in place that do that work as well. You know, maybe you have maintenance issues that come up in the first start out as an investor. You have to do that work. Once you've been doing things for a little bit and you have a couple under your belt, then you have people doing it for you. But in the beginning, if you have time, you should be taking care of things on your own and taking care of those challenges that come up when that, that those things come. But finding action takers have, have been difficult. I've been trying to find that salesperson, the producer that I would have under underneath me. It's hard. Everyone wants a salary. They want to make X amount of money and without even proving themselves mm-hmm. and putting the time in, you know, like, wait, I have to go out networking. I have to go out doing things online. I have to make phone calls, making phone calls. You do it. I do it. I like the cold. Everyone has that term, the cold call. I like it's a connection call. You're going to just have a call. And that's why I've changed my name as far as the connection machine, AKA the insurance doctor. Anyone can do insurance, but if I could help you with whatever issues that you have, any pain points you have, then you're going to remember me for insurance. So maybe you need a guy that does, I don't know, painting. You need a dumpster guy. You need an attorney. I can recommend you to people that I know that can work on the service that you need. And I found that being a resource is basically the the value that I provide to others. You know, I don't have to just do insurance. I can provide other things for you and you're actually going to help me down the road. Yeah. I think you might actually be where I got my dumpster guy. You might know Michael Zariner. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And that's how it'll circle back and people in the investor world, or I have real estate agents. Well, for, for example, with Michael Zariner, dumpster guy, why would I need him? Well, if you're an investor, you need somebody that can get you a dumpster at a site in a timely manner. And show up when they say they're going to show up. He will make sure it does it gets done. And show the about the body. Right, it gets things done. And uh, that makes that's huge for investors out there. But what? Uh, why would I? That helps you. The little value that you bring. That's the goal: is providing value consistently. No, that's, and that's pretty cool. I mean, it kind of made me realize that that's like. I guess that sometimes that's something that I do for people that I take for granted but shit i mean there's times i've bailed people out of foreclosure and made nothing i just did it because it was the right thing to do right you have karma i was telling that to my daughters you know like the way you act is going to come back so if you're positive you are helping other people it's they're going to help you they're going to help you with mm-hmm. it might be a deal like i i have people that will i see them post you know call me for this call me for that and I say, how many people call you? And they're like, nobody. And I said, because you're not providing value. It's not what's in it for you. You have to find out what, how you can help others and see what their issues are. And if you could help them, that's where they're going to come back. Now it's kind of like, oh, I owe you one now. So I like to have those IOUs thousands of times so that it comes back without me doing anything. It's, uh, it's relationship capital. Yes. And you can be as giving as you possibly want because... It didn't really cost you anything to begin with. Would you break stride for like three seconds to, to give somebody a contact? And if it comes back, great. If it doesn't, who the fuck cares? Right. And it's not like you doing it because I'm, I'm going to make money off this person. No, it's just because I I could help this other person. They're going to help you. And, then, and and now you have two people that are going to be possibly sending me something down the road in the near future. And if I do that more, now I have more opportunities. And the person feels bad. They're like, oh, my gosh, Sean, you, you helped me with four or five people. I'm like, just get me one person. Don't even get me one person. Just get me, in my case, a mortgage professional or a real estate agent. They are doing multiple transactions. I don't need just one person doing an auto policy. No, I want a person that will do number of transactions per month. That's you're more right. beneficial than anything else. You're altruistic. Right. Yep. There's no better way to be. Yeah. That's the way, to, the mindset you should have. No, absolutely. And it's, it's like sometimes you can just kind of get down on yourself and it, it, you realize, holy fuck, I'm sabotaging everything else around me. Let me let me snap out of that quick. 
so so let's bring it home what's uh what's the best thing you got going on what what, what really makes you fucking smile what keeps you going what makes you explode out of bed in the morning well my my wife my uh my daughters my wife allow me to be the best person the best version of myself so that i can continue helping others and the more i can i always talk about i want to help motivate and inspire and if i'm doing one of those three things i know i'm doing well and i know you know i talk about with my fitness people say i have no time i have kids Shit, i have my girls work out with me i have young girls that i'm able to if i don't work out in the morning i work out at night i wait until they're done there's they're sleeping then i do my workout but i always make sure i'm always put my best foot forward always having conversations making sure that you never know who you're talking to you might be talking to somebody that has opportunities that you're going to get in the near future because now you're building they're going to learn about you they're going to start trusting you and they like you and if I found that those things are happening. You have business coming down very soon. And I'm always looking for the future, not just now. Plant seeds now, and I know that business will come for you 60, 90 days from, from now. But if you're looking for stuff now and you're you're looking for money, you're looking for commission checks, you're looking for checks in general, people can understand that they, they smell it on you when you're talking to you like, you need yeah. to pay the mortgage. You need to pay the, your rent. That's why you're harassing me to get a deal done. I don't harass anybody. I share, hey, in the insurance world, this is how much it's going to be. I'm going to make sure you're quoted properly. Like if you're a family, if you want to get screwed, go somewhere Go somewhere else, but it's priced right. It's not cheap. I don't give cheap policies. You can go anywhere else for cheap. I want to make sure you have the right policy. So if God forbid something happens, you either take it or you leave it. That's how it is. I don't have to sell you. I don't have to close you. I may, I know those that don't close with me, they don't write with me, they're making a mistake because they're going to get screwed and they're going to call back another time. Sean, you are right. I don't want to be right, but it's just what happens. And then they become clients down the road. It's a great outlook. It's yeah. like no, no matter what, it's like it's almost like a keto. You just keep using it and taking it to the mat. Whatever they thought you, you can work with it. They're coming back later. Yeah, you dug you, you dug your well before you got thirsty. Right, it's gonna so they're gonna circle back, and you know they live and learn. I just don't want them to continue doing that, but it, it happens. People, just like my daughter, my three year old, she she has to learn by getting herself hurt before she learns why she shouldn't have done it in the first place. I tell her all the time, I don't want her to learn in this way, but that's just how it's her set in stone. And that's how she's set up. But I just want to help as many people out, out there as possible. That's what makes me, drives me to um, motivate others, inspire others. And if I can do it, you can do it. You know, I, I say that to many people. You know, you could have multiple things going on. You just have to be organized. I use my phone. I use my calendar. I'm organized. Make appointments with myself and my clients to make things happen. I, I get it. Sometimes I don't realize how organized I am until I hang out with normal people. That's right. It's like, Jesus Christ, you don't even keep a fucking planner? <laughs> got like 32 people that have to see mine at all times so they know where I'm going to be, so they know where to get orders from. It's like, Jesus, this doesn't make sense to me. Yep. I really like your shirt, by the way. Thanks, man. I'm not sure why it's like so, like psychedelic kind of shit going on here with my camera, but it's uh, I was like, Yeah, shirt is trippy as fuck. People are gonna like this. <laughs> do a promo, so I just eat a bunch of shrooms before you watch this. <laughs> I definitely appreciate having this conversation with you, man. This has been, yeah, man, it's definitely been nice to like really connect with you on a deeper level and just get to know you better. I mean, it, these are kind of questions that I was almost embarrassed to ask you the stuff about your daughter and everything, but. I'm glad you did take the time to share that with me and anybody else that's watching. If uh, if the people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? We'll link it when we upload this later. Yeah, they can always they can check out ConnectionMachine.biz is my website for insurance, for my shop. If those that want to, and, and Chuck has um, purchased some stuff in the past. Anyone that buys things, I, I share um, money on their behalf for New Jersey Sharon Network for the Livered and Organ Donation Charity that I'm 
um, and my wife and I push or you know market. If anyone wants to check out, um, you can check out webtalk.co forward slash connection machine. My phone number is 201-320-3454. And uh, my email is Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Zeem, Z like zebra, I-E-M at gmail.com. And I'm all about having conversations, having connections, and just you know finding out how we can help and collaborate together. Yeah, I could vouch for that. He's uh, helped me out more than one occasion in business. So very good, Sean. It's a pleasure to have you on. I guess we'll uh, talk tomorrow. We'll figure out how to upload some of this stuff to Web Talk. Thanks for hooking us up with the software, being guest number one. Any other closing remarks? Man, I'm, I'm honored. I appreciate, you know, opportunities. And a lot of people won't take opportunities because they're afraid. And I'm t- telling you, make sure. They're knocking. Uh, say what? I said I heard that one knocking. Oh yeah, you got to make sure you help. You know, take your take chances. You know, make sure that you are, you know, putting yourself out there as much as you can. Don't be afraid. And then when someone allows you opportunities, you want to seize those opportunities. And I appreciate Chuck being a part of your podcast. If anyone needs anything, I'm here to connect, to grow, and to help. So I, I appreciate you, Chuck, and we'll definitely be in touch. You got it, Sean. Bye for now. Bye for now. Yes, I'll see you.